Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I am Hope, and get ready to get real hot mad with us. Yeah! (laughs) And what are we talking about today? Oh my god. (sighs) Today, we're going to dissect why the new Mulan is so much worse than the original Mulan. (laughs) Real quick, can I just ask you, what did, like... Disney movies and the movie Mulan, Mulan specifically mean to you growing up? Because it came out, the original one came out in 98. So I was like five or six. And you were 10. I, so let me see if it was 98. I would have been 10. Uh, and I actually saw it in theaters. I, I went oh. with like, I think it was like at the, kind of at the end of being in daycare. And so I went like with a daycare group. Like, we all went to the movies. They might have had, like, a special day where there's special prices or something. I don't know. Because it seems yeah. weird that they would have taken all of us at full price. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I went and saw it in theaters, which is cool. I I have to say, with the, the Disney movies, like, there were... They're not... Like, I didn't usually get to watch them, like, over and over again, like a lot of kids. Just because, like, my mom wasn't a huge fan of cartoons. Well, she was... She, my mom doesn't like cartoons <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really get to partaken as many of them uh and so so i don't have as big a connection with the disney movies as a lot of other people i think but i do remember seeing mulan and i really liked it because she you know got to you know go and do more stuff and wasn't just waiting for a dude and i thought that was really cool and i like the music and Mm -hmm. i know i liked mushu the dragon Mm -hmm. although i totally understand why they wouldn't have put him in a live action one because I mean, yeah, yeah. but, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, no, I liked it. So yes, I was one of those kids where we just had like, there wasn't, we didn't have a lot growing up, but I know we did have a whole shelf of all of the Disney VHSs. We were poor and other stuff we like, we, we made up for in all of the Disney VHSs. (laughs) And I know that I had the Aladdin VHS, but I don't know if I had any of the other Disney movies. I, we were a really big Disney watching family. My family didn't go to Disney World. That's not like, and I go to Disney World now. Like Katie, my best friend started taking me when I was like 16. And now that I'm an adult, I can like take myself to Disney World with her because she works there. But I, it's really hot there. There's a lot of people. They're all very annoying. And it's a lot of like feel good content. Like purposely we're here to make you like feel good. And my family's not into that. They're like, I want to feel good on my terms. Don't tell me what makes me feel good. Like, I cry at the fireworks. I'm a huge sucker for Disney. I love it so much. I had two surgeries last year. And every time we would come home, Griffin would say, what do you want to watch? I'd say Moana. (laughs) So we'd watch Moana and I'd feel better. I love Disney. That's all to say. I really love Disney. I've watched all these movies many, many times. So the other day, I was feeling depressy spaghetti because that happens. I'm by myself a lot, so that's what happens when I'm by myself. So I put on... I watched The Haunted Mansion because I hadn't seen it as an adult. It's okay. And then I was like, well, it's been long enough. I'm going to watch the 2020 Mulan see, you know... Because there was a lot of hype around it whenever it came out. And it was a lot of bad hype. So Mm -hmm. Griffin and I weren't watching it out of protest. 
But then I was like, my curiosity got the best of me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try watching it. And it was not good. It did not hold up. And I got so mad that I started taking notes, which is usually how we come up with podcast ideas. Yeah. You just get so, mad about stuff. And you're like, I have to talk about this. Yes. I have to tell other people about this because I suffered for you. <laughs> so That's how okay. the MLM right. thing started for me is I watched so many of the MLM videos and I was like, people have to know. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. For those who have not seen either Mulan's, I almost said Moana's, um, the synopsis is invaders are attacking China and the emperor calls forth a man from every family to fight in his imperial army. Mulan is an energetic teenager who protests when her injured war hero father offers himself up. In order to keep her father safe, she disguises herself in his armor and joins the army in his place. So this is during like a historical period of China when, you know, it's, it was like not the greatest thing to have a daughter. So that's kind of, and you get that from context or whenever they overtly tell you in the second one. Yeah. So a lot of, if you hear me referencing the article I read, it's from an article that came out in September of 2020 by Shiran J. Zhao talking about the finer culture points and why everything they did for this one is a stylized Western concept of a Chinese legend instead of a Chinese legend. So she does a really good job of, she has a YouTube video of that as well, which mm -hmm. we'll, we'll link both on the website. She is Chinese and she does a really good job of breaking down why this is culturally inappropriate with all the things they did with the new Mulan. And I don't want this to become a rehashing of that article. So we're going to put it up, but just know she makes a lot of good points. And, and she's actually Chinese, which we are not. So yes, it makes I'm, more sense to point to her rather than, yeah. This is going to come from a standpoint of how one movie is better than the other. And hers is about how one of them was culturally inappropriate and not great. So before we get into all of the things that I want to say are wrong with it. First, I want to talk about its few good points that it has, because there are some, and we'll get that out of the way at first. So 2020 Mulan has a few things that it did okay, which I want to point out now. Um, so also it's a uh, thundering here. So if you hear a loud boom behind me, it's just for story emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> on my side today <laughs> okay so when she's in the army it's teaching them how to fight and um the one general says fighting isn't about applying force it's redirecting force back on your enemy four ounces can move a mountain and i was like that's good that's a good thing to think about sometimes you know that's a lot yeah. of what i'm learning at being a therapist is like somebody tells you something and then you give it back to them in different words and they're like oh is that what i sound like and it's like yeah yeah well and on uh on boats whenever you're uh like tall ships that we've worked on and when you're hauling on lines there's always a big thing that if you learn how to do it properly you don't have to be huge in order yeah. to be able to haul and really get you know whatever it is that you're doing to happen whether that's setting a sail or trimming a yard or something like that so exactly yeah. just a and good thing in life there is a character who tells the main antagonist, there's someone coming to defeat you. It's a woman. And he goes, oh, it's a girl. And she goes, a woman, a warrior. Which I was like, that's really good. Because I there's a lot of people who still call women girls. 
Which, like, I that didn't used to bother me, but then the more I think about it, and the more it's me, I'm like, yeah, that's not great. Mm-hmm. That's not great. I think I could call myself a girl, but I, I wouldn't really enjoy it from other people. Right. So there's another point where someone tells Mulan, your deception is depleting your chi, which is like your energy in your body, which her pretending to be a boy, that's that makes sense. Like you need to be true to yourself to actually like ha- be all that you can be and reach self-actualization and stuff. So I thought that was pretty okay. Um, at the end, when she, you know, sees her dad again, he goes, it's I who should apologize. One warrior knows another. You were always there yet. I see you for the first time. Aww. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty- but that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, one thing I will say about uh, about the article and YouTube video we re- referenced is uh, she talks about how the movie is constantly using the concept of chi wrong, uh, the, the new movie at least, uh, and that they're referring to it as something that like that like boys have and girls don't or yeah. something. Like it's it's such a ridiculous thing, but but it is it's like more like your your energy and uh, and she explains it much better. So I'm not going to try to, yes. but. But yeah. Um, if you want to see Chi in media represented accurately, go watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. They do a great job. Don't 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 watch this one. <laughs> if you're looking for good content that's made with like intent and integrity, go watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay. And ma- possibly made by real Asian people. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to break down some of the film structure in terms of like story and the filmmaking elements that did not sit well with me. I did go to undergrad for writing and I started off as a fiction writer. And at one point it was my dream to go write for Disney. So I like to think I kind of know what I'm talking about, but if I'm wrong and other people have more filmmaking credentials please let me know if i'm saying something inaccurate or inappropriate so one of the most iconic scenes in the 98 mulan is whenever the emperor bows to her the army bows to her and then that whole sea of people bows down to her at the end do you remember that Mm -hmm. so that's like a pretty pivotal moment and the movie in 98 starts with um, Shan Yu coming up, who's a Hun, who's like the main uh, enemy. And he attacks the Great Wall of China, and the guard lights a fire, and then you see it like travel down the wall, and it says, Now all, Ch- all of China knows you're here. So China is a much more incorporated like character in the first movie, where it, it you kind of get a sense of how high the stakes are in the scope of this war because China is a big place. There's a lot of China. <laughs> and yes. with the other one, we see twice people that aren't the army or the emperor or the enemy. You like we see Mulan's village and there's like a two second scene of people at the palace celebrating at the end. Whereas before we're meeting people like along the way, we get to see everybody, we see them traveling really far. And it's like, we just don't get as much of an idea of the distance and how big this war actually is or what a big deal it is whenever it ends. So I didn't like that. It doesn't really create the world. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, 
this movie had a real issue with heavy-handed symbolism, which I wrote every single paper I could on symbolism. I think it's one of the greatest storytelling tools that there is. I love subtle symbolism. This one was in-your-face symbolism. I was like, okay, okay, we get it. (laughs) Okay. And so there's like a statue outside of her house that she breaks at the beginning when she's a little girl and it's a phoenix and her dad's telling her about the significance of the phoenix and like how it rises from the ashes and blah 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 apparently that's not a thing according to the article like that's not a thing that they do <laughs> yeah that's not something that had the missionary of the of their ancestors yeah, that's, that's, that's like, a more that's westernized a <laughs> idea of the phoenix uh and not then, a chinese one i w- when i was in china i i did I tell you what to china uh yeah, when i was when 12, like 16 yeah okay yeah, yeah, it was like I said. Uh, yeah, yeah, we went over like spring break <laughs> because my mom found a good deal. Uh, but uh, I remember, I remember seeing phoenixes in in China. But very often, it was like the uh, uh, in the at the historical sites we were at, they would say mm-hmm. the the dragon represents the emperor and the phoenix represents the empress, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. So that that's what I remembered uh, was that there's association with the, the Empress for uh, the Phoenix. Right. So we see the Phoenix following her whenever she's like trying to get to the camp. It shows up when she most needs it, but it stays with her. And it's very obvious that we're supposed to like, like see the Phoenix and it shows up all the time. And at the end, it does, like... You remember at the end of Game of Thrones, whenever the dragon, like, opens up its wings in front of Khaleesi, and it looks like she has dragon's wings? Yeah. But they do that scene for, like, a full, like, 30 seconds. Like, you get a minute to be like, oh, shit, look at that. This one has a two-second shot of that. And it's like, if you're gonna do that, like, give the viewer Actually a minute. Actually do it. The pacing in this movie was so bad. <laughs> like, they didn't... The pacing was bad and they didn't trust the viewer to make their own connections. Like they didn't trust us to be like, look, she's the Phoenix. She's going to rise from the ashes. Look at her go. Like they just kept telling us instead of showing us. So I was like, okay. All right. Let's talk about how 98 Mulan had the most subtle symbolism that I didn't discover it until 20 years after it came out. So we all know the scene in Mulan when she's sitting on the great stone dragon like tower thing in front of her house and she's looking inside and she sees her parents looking like distraught because she embarrassed them and then her dad has to go to war even though he's got a leg injury and then we see her resolve in her face and then she goes and it's thundering and lightning outside and it's raining and like it flashes to the great stone dragon she goes and opens her dad's closet dragon sword dragon Sword again, dragon. She cuts her hair, dragon. Like you see all these dragon imagery, all this dragon imagery, and then she leaves and then it flashes to the dragon one more time. And the next scene after her parents discover her is Mushu can't wake up the great stone dragon. And why is that? It's because Mulan is the great stone dragon. That's the symbolism there. It took me so long to figure that out and I had to find out from <laughs> Tumblr. Like you want to talk about symbolism like that's it Mulan became the great stone dragon she's her family's protector yeah okay I guess I didn't I didn't connect that when I was a kid but yeah that's really cool thing about rewatching this kind of movies that's why he can't wake him up because he's not there because it's Mulan she took that on because she's now the protector of the family (gasps) 
and then so like it flashes to the dragon and then the grandma wakes up and she's like mulan's gone like there's a lot more spirituality in the first one which is really nice like the first thing she does after she makes her resolve is she goes and prays she puts incense in the dragon holder that later becomes mushu because she's praying and she's like please protect me and there's not that sense there like that oh oh it's so good the symbolism in the first one is so good and then so like we were talking about with climbing the tower which i had a dream that i was mulan and i climbed that tower and sometimes i think about that dream and remember that i'm a boss bitch anyway so uh <laughs> there's two medallion things they're big gold plates that they have to climb up with to get so, to the so top this of is the moving tower. along when they're at the yeah they're at the camp this okay. is the, this is 98 yeah. mulan yeah so one represents discipline and one represents strength and what mulan figures out is she ties them together you know in animation style where she just like puts them together and they're tied perfectly she's using both of them to reach the arrow at the top and like she's literally using strength and discipline together to hoist herself all the way up the tower that's cinematic gold that's symbolism that i can get behind there so that was pretty good symbolism that they did in the first one and they mention once about Mulan being in her place. She's trying, she like says something to her dad at dinner, like you shouldn't have to go. There's plenty of other boys who can go and fight. And he goes, it's an honor to fight. And she goes, so you'll die for honor. And then she, she just keeps antagonizing her dad. And he goes, I know my place. It's time you learn yours. That's the one time they mentioned Mulan knowing her place. And it's pounded down in the second one. Like they just won't let go like that. Mulan, what's your place? Like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I know my place. And then we found out from the article that the Chinese government had a hand in editing this movie, which was like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm. Mm. And the movie just moves along pretty quick, pretty choppy. And like I said, they won't like let the viewer make their own conclusions. They won't let the viewer sit with the story for a second. Some other things that I'm going to nitpick about is you can see the obvious cable stunts. Like when people are like jumping and like you can tell they're not, that's not how a person yeah. jumps. Like, and this goes back to the, like the fact that they say that 2020 Mulan has too much chi, which they almost say is like a superpower. They're like, you need to hide your gift. And it's like, no. But everybody has chi. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get we'll get we'll come we'll come back around to that. I have I have a whole argument laid out there. So the cable stunts, unrealistic horsey expectations, where her horse just shows up for her to land on him, which I know is like a movie thing, but it might it doesn't really translate onto yeah. the, the screen with human people doing it. The horse also wasn't a character, which the horse is her best friend in the movie, and one of the best parts of it. He's like. <laughs> okay um the horse is really cute in the 98 one yes his name is Khan, and i love him so there's not a lot of emotional impact in terms of animal sidekicks mushu and Khan, the noble horsey and cricket who became a human character in this one which i didn't even realize like that completely went over my head so mushu's not there Khan's not there so she's really by herself for most of it she's just doing this on her own except for the phoenix that keeps showing up the emotional impact of the music that was in the first one isn't here. 
Like you can hear it in the background, but it's not the same, especially if you never saw the first one. You're not going to know that she's singing Reflection or like the song yeah. playing Reflection about like, when when am I going to see how I feel in the mirror? So there's not a lot of, it's just not the same. And then there's no haircutting montage, which what like still is one of my favorite cinematic montages that exists. And it's because apparently they had started the project trying to stay truer, more true to the Chinese legend of Mulan that they had, where everybody had long hair, so there was no need for her to cut her hair. That was kind of a westernized, like, yeah. cutting off her femininity for Western audiences. However, in one scene, she's just kind of sitting there, and then the next one, she has her dad's armor on, and it's like, how did we get there? Like, how did we yeah. get there? It's not the same. Yeah, you, I mean, you could have seen her putting on the armor, like, nope. yeah, the, the journey of the character. Okay, so now we're going to talk about maybe there was a sense that this one wasn't as good because there was an expectation from the story because so many of us already knew the story. But we have other remakes that I still felt a lot of emotion towards. And we're going to break that down here for a second. Because I know a lot of people aren't as into the remakes that people are doing. I don't mind them. I don't think... I think maybe Disney can put their project into other things. Their um, money into other projects. But uh, I don't mind them. So what I think I don't mind a remake was, as long as it's like it's good and it adds something. You were with me yeah. when I saw The Lion King. And I was crying. I was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was still very emotional. So... The three remakes I'm going to talk about are Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King. Cinderella, the original one, was, it's not great. It was a product of his time. It's not as bad as people say. She didn't realize she was dancing with the prince. She didn't know. She figured it out later. She's like, oh shit, that was the prince. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. But she didn't go there seeking him out. She was just looking for a night off. Like, yeah, it's not this anti-feminist story. It's just a story. I thought the remake and also, was really- you have to meet the characters where they're at. I mean, if they <laughs> if you put them in a world where this is yeah. a woman's role, I mean, it, it gets way less believable if they're not, you know, wanting to do things like I want to go to the ball. So yeah, yeah. So Cinderella kind of strayed from the original story. It's still basically the same structure. There are a lot of differences. What I appreciate about that one is there was a soft masculinity between the father and son. Where, like, he knew he was dying. There wasn't, like, this, like, weird, like, toxic relationship between the father and son that only got resolved because the dad was dying. Like, they were just fine. Like, they were okay. And he's like, I love you. I'm sad you're dying. And she goes, he's like, I know I love you, too. And it's, like, this really sweet moment. So that remake is good. It stayed pretty true to the original. Um, The Lion King did not need a remake. It did have its flaws, Overall, I wasn't upset about getting that music again, about seeing it in theaters. As soon as it started, I was crying. <laughs> I was not okay. And the thing is, they did that opening sequence shot for shot for shot of the animated one. I, I thought that like the opening part was cool for that, but I, I, I wish that they had I wish that there had been more to the the newer Lion King, I guess. Like because it seemed like they they remade the original without really adding a whole lot to it yes but. also the sky outside my house is black 
Hi, my It's 2.30 p.m. So okay, I'm just going to keep making this, but if you hear thunder, it's just it's just me. It's just North Carolina. It's fine. Okay, so I didn't mind the, the remake of The Lion King. Beauty and the Beast did change the story to give the Beast more agency and more of a background as a prince. Like, whenever she's mm-hmm. reading Shakespeare to him, he's like, ugh, why are you reading that one? And she's like, uh, what? You have book opinions? Like, she's never met somebody else who loves books as much as her. That was important. And it's not like he totally let himself become the Beast. He still had his, like, princely upbringing, which made a lot more sense, which is why he has that yeah. ginormous library. Like, they just kind of made it more believable and they gave more complexity to the beast which i really liked um however should have been wearing stays though bell also should have had a singing voice like a disney princess does they could have brought in some person from broadway that nobody really knew about who could sing i love emma watson but she does not belt the way a disney princess should like i do yeah that's true she really doesn't all of that being said And I think why we were more okay with Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and Cinderella is because they had been on Broadway and we'd seen this story retold in a different medium and we had accepted it. So they're like, okay, we're just going to do it again. So that's why they did that. Mulan did not need a remake. They didn't need to do this. They didn't. There's no reason. I mean, I understand if they're trying to like bring in more Asian stories, but if you're going to do that, like do it correctly and bring in Asian people to write it and Asian people to produce it. That's not what they had with this one. All the people who yeah. like got this project going were white people. Um, and apparently the, was it the costume designer? I think yeah. was, uh, was like, she was sent around Europe to look at uh, displays of Chinese uh, artifacts that were in museums. Mm-hmm which uh, uh just there's, there's a lot wrong with that person. yeah right just go right <laughs> like, to the source there are uh, actual experts on this already yes and the thing is about this movie i think i don't know if they they like forgot that it's supposed to be a kids movie or they didn't want to make it a kids movie but there's no humor in this movie this movie is not funny it's straight drama which even adults like humor too i mean right Yes, like I don't understand. I, I I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to cater to people who are like our age, who grew up with these movies, who are now adults. So like, we need to make adult movies for these kids who grew up watching us. But like, that's not why I watched this movie. I wasn't looking for the drama. I'm looking for like Milan and like everything that she represented when I was little. And oh my god, there's a scene in the '98 one where. Mulan's freaked out by Mushu and like bats him away and he goes dishonor on you dishonor on your cow like and he's talking about her horse he just constantly calls her horse a cow hilarious and there's a part where there's a commander talking about if you do this you will get exiled like you're gonna be expelled from the army program or whatever he goes Dis- disgrace on you disgrace on your family and I was like if he says disgrace on your cow <laughs> I'm gonna fucking lose it and then he did it so it just was like a super unsatisfying transaction and I was like if you're gonna do it like just fucking do it don't dangle it in our faces Jesus Ugh. okay Here's some things that were wrong with the 98 one that don't really hold up. 
So there's a part where one of the ancestors that you see whenever Mushu first comes alive, who says, no, you're, they're arguing about which side of the family is better. And one of them goes, no, your granddaughter just had to go and become a cross-dresser. Not so great. Not so great of a comment now. Yeah. Not great. It was 90s. It was late 90s. So for everything that she did, if that's the only comment we got, like, could have been a lot worse. That's but still true. not great. There's a lot of stuff where it's animation defying physics, like people surviving an avalanche and a whole ass horse being pulled up by an arrow on the rope. Like that wouldn't have happened. Like we don't, we don't see how Mulan gets carried up, but she's just like holding onto a rope and her horse is also coming with her. Like nobody's thighs are that strong. <laughs> and then the article says the Huns are apparently a very racist concept. So I didn't really look into that, but she said that those aren't, great and they weren't a great enemy to have so and they wouldn't have been i think accurate to that right time period right. so 98 mulan isn't awesome it's not all great but it has a lot more redeeming qualities than the 2020 mulan in terms of character development with the original one mulan is messy and she's funny and she's confused she's angry she cries a whole bunch throughout her movie she's awkward and she's uncomfortable and she's making mistakes. Like she, whenever she goes into the matchmaker's hut, we know she's not coming out of there unscathed. We know she's going to create a problem because we've seen her mess up up until that point. And it's like the first 15 minutes of the movie. And, and I don't know. Maybe, more relatable than right. having someone but, who's just, you know, good at stuff. And I think she's more human than the human Mulan. And I, maybe the creators thought that since she had to be strong, she wasn't allowed to be anything else. They're like, this is a strong character at the end. And it's like, um, yeah, no. we, we have to take out anything that would be considered traditionally feminine, like crying that's, or that's not <laughs> whatever why that is. That's not why that character resonated with so many of us. Like there's so much more to that. And then, like we said, like 2020 Mulan is said to have too much chi instead of she's just good at it. Like she's just a good warrior. She is someone's energy, which yeah, like we could say her energy propelled her through the story, but growing up, it was definitely more empowering to watch a regular girl getting stuff done and being like, she's a girl like me. Like I can do that. Like that was so much more powerful than oh, yeah, she's, she's earning she, what yeah. she's getting. Yes. In the 98 version also, she like, made a contraption on her dog to help her with her chores. She wins a game for old two, like two old guys. She looks at it and then doesn't move. And one of them wins. She figures out the thing about the avalanche. Like she's constantly thinking on her feet. Cartoon Mulan is smart before she's anything else. Yeah. She's strong. She's compassionate, but that girl is way smart. Like her redeeming quality is how she uses her brain. She's so smart. And then, like I said before, there's more of an emphasis with spirituality here, which I thought was, I liked that. And there was barely anything with the new one, which it's like, I guess the Phoenix is supposed to be her spirituality, but it's like, that got so overdone that I just didn't care at some point. And whenever Milan walks into the camp in the 98 version, she's like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't feel great. And Mushu's trying to help her and she looks ridiculous and she starts a fight on accident. 2020 Mulan walks in and she has the right voice. She's not questioning herself. She like tries to start a fight with some guy to be like, I'm a guy too. And we don't see her 
struggling. We don't see her being like, I don't know if I could do this. I know I have to, but like, I'm not sure if I can't, which is a very common human response to new situations where you feel obligated, but you don't really want to do it. It's like, they just made Mulan like so perfect already. Yeah. And and there's really no way, like the way that she's been raised in that environment, she's not going to feel ready when she goes into that environment, no matter how much she wants to. So it's more real to have her doubting herself. Right. And not only that, whenever she's training in the camp, it's like she's almost at the same level, if not better than everybody else who's there. And in the 98 version, Mulan is so far behind, Li Shang tells her to go home. He's like, you're not suited for the rage of war, so Peck got go home. I could never make a man out of you. Obviously, it's in that song, which is also one of the best songs that <laughs> Disney's ever put out. And so she's on her way to go home, and then she climbs the tower. Like, she, it, you can, we can actively see her, like defying every time someone tries to put her in her place and they don't have to say Mulan. Yeah, and she's able to do that because she's intelligent. Yes. She uses her smarts to be like, oh, if I put them together and work with it, then I will reach it instead of just trying to haul them up side by side. Another thing. So Li Shang as a character doesn't exist in the other one. 2020 Mulan has a seasoned general and a boyfriend type character. So he kind of got split into, which fine, whatever. 98 Mulan it's, is it's probably better, honestly, than her superior being the kind of love interest. I don't know. Right, but she didn't need a love interest either. Yeah, that's like, true. You're gonna, you just, I, I, I was just... To... <laughs> Sorry. I, I, yeah, I was just going with the idea that they were going to have a love interest no matter what, so... I mean, that we, we're going to come back to that when we talk about how they erased all the queer coding in this movie, so that's why they had to put a boyfriend in it, so... So... 98 Mulan is offered a seat on the Emperor's Council, which makes sense after we see how very smart she is. 2020 Mulan is asked repeatedly to serve as an officer in the Imperial Army. So she's offered that before she goes back home. And then when she gets back home, they follow her to ask her again. And it's it's kind of getting to the point of like, she said no. And then you ask her again, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we could have yeah. left that one open-ended and be like, well, if you change your mind, like we're here that you could have just left it. Yeah. That they didn't have to follow her with a whole ass army and be like, uh, the emperor still wants you to. So, and then, yeah, we just literally see 98 Milan being like, I'm making this up as I go. Like she doesn't, she is not, she is very smart, but she's like on her feet smart too. Like she causes that avalanche to bury all the Huns. And she says, guys, I've got an idea, and they follow her instead of staying with their captain. (laughs) And her plan is to put them in drag, and it works. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, I'm game. That's cool. And she's just like, we see her using her brain throughout the whole movie. She is strong, but some of that is brain strength. (laughs) Like, it's not all physical. And this... Pause for thunder. Oh my god, it's so dark. (laughs) <laughs> it, yeah oh it's really dark out. you I see can that see out you saw it like right before you. we started <laughs> oh yeah that's really <laughs> dark okay so anyway this other Mulan can do like backflips off of her horse and like she's doing all these feats of physical strength after she's been told to hide her gift it's like no she can't like no she can't they're just they made her into this like untouchable superhero and that's not why Mulan was important to all of us growing up 
going off of that, now we're going to talk about the feminism in this movie. Oh. <laughs> okay. So in the 98 version, Mulan figures out that the Huns are alive and they're going to go attack the emperor. So she runs to the city, finds Li Shang, and is like, yo, the Huns are coming. And he's like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're a girl. Like, da, 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 da. And so she's like, no, please listen to me. And then eventually he's like, no. And she puts her horse in front of him, like physically, and goes, you trusted Ping. Why is Mulan any different? Which is like, oh, goosebumps walk yeah. away. That's what that is. In this movie, they gave that line to the boyfriend character. So she oh. comes back to tell the general the Huns are alive, or like whoever is coming to defeat them. And the boyfriend character has to be like, you trusted the, I forget the guy's name that she used, but you trusted the boy. Why is Mulan any different? And then all of the characters are like, I believe Mulan. I believe Mulan. And it's like, she said that line once in the first movie and it turned it around. It doesn't have to be a rallying cry where one man says, no, you should believe yeah. this lady that you're about to kill. And, and also then it's like, it's, it, it, it's, it's legitimizing her through a man. Whereas she could have said the line herself and then he could have backed her up on it. Like that's completely fine if they want to make him be supportive, but that was the wrong way to do it. Yes. I'm going to check and see what the, I just, I'm going to look for the writer's oh. name so I can figure out. <laughs> this is written by a bunch of men. Oh, I have the writer's name. Oh, oh, oh okay. you mean for the movie? I meant I meant for the yeah. article. I was like, yeah, I have that. Oh my god, three of the writers were women, and yet, oh. Oh. maybe that was the Chinese government. Oh, white, of course. White, yeah, maybe. Um, and then I was just thinking about Josh Gad, who played LeFou and Beauty and the Beast was in an interview and he was talking about how excited he was for his girl, his girls to grow up with Emma Watson as their bell. And it's still funny. Like it's a funny movie. There's humorous parts in it. And I was just thinking like, why is it the movie about an Asian warrior? couldn't also be funny with integrity. Like it's original. Yeah. It almost seemed like they were scared of being racist. So they couldn't make any jokes. And it's like, that's not, why you don't make something funny like there's ways yeah. to be funny with integrity and and the way that they could get around that would be and i know i'm hammering this home but to hire chinese writers because they would be able to make jokes that would be appropriate right and funny and probably inside jokes if you're chinese like they did yeah. with princess and the frog my friend had a friend who grew up in new orleans and they went to see the movie and they were laughing at stuff that my friend was like, I have no idea what just happened. Why was that funny? They were like cry laughing. We could have done that with this movie too. There could have been, oh, just stop being racist. <laughs> Hope looked like she was about to like take off flying around the room because she kept moving her arms. The racism off my hands. Slapping around. <laughs> and then there's a point where they go to go and save the emperor. And the general says, protect her, don't leave her side, she must get through. Like, um, I'm pretty sure for all of her faults, Mulan has proven with her chi at this point, she don't need protecting. She's fine. Like, no, she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie barely passes the Bechdel test. And it's because they took away the eccentric, the eccentric, eccentric grandma character, which I thought was like, they kind of explored this more in Moana, 
but we could see that Moana and her grandma are like kind of similar. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the case with 98 Mulan too, where her grandma's kind of a weirdo and kind of a wild card. And I think Mulan saw her grandma was fine. So she wasn't always worried about like conforming to traditional standards. Um, She doesn't exist. Say what the Bechdel test is. Um, Oh, the Bechdel test is whenever two female characters, um, if they don't pass the test, it means they've only talked to each other about another man. So if two or female the characters, characters also maybe don't have like I think the characters have to both be have names, so it can't just yeah. be two extras. Um, yeah, two female characters who have names who talk about something other than a man, and right. there's lots of movies that pass the Bechdel test that aren't like <laughs> like it doesn't necessarily make it amazing, but it is a good test to see like how they're treating the female characters. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice does not pass the reverse Bechdel test. The boys are only ever talking about women, <laughs> which I think is amazing. <laughs> um, so the other women in the movie are her mom. And now she has a little sister who's like, obviously going to be fine with the matchmaker and stuff. And then they brought in a fucking witch. That's the other female character where she barely patch- passes the Bechdel test. Cause she's like, that's the person who's like, your chi is depleting your energy. Like you need to be better than this. And then like, she tries to get her to join her side. But then that's when Mulan is like, I know my place. I have to protect the emperor. And it's like, they're just, they're not explicitly, but they're both talking about the various men that they're serving. So like Mm -hmm. kind of passes the Bechdel test, but not really. And I'm just upset. They took out the eccentric grandma. Like, I don't like that that happened. Yeah, I love the grandma in the 98 version. I like the part where she crosses the street with her eyes closed and everything's just stopping around her. (laughs) This is a lucky one! (laughs) Because she says the cricket. (laughs) Okay, so now we're gonna... Now that we've introduced the witch, I want to talk about queer coding and how in 2020 they did a lot of queer coding erasure. Queer coding means like there wasn't explicit LGBT content, but you can see it kind of simmering there under the surface. Mm-hmm. So in group therapy, that's what's called latent content. So whenever the group is talking about something, that's what manifest content is. But if you can like kind of sense what's happening underneath, that's what's called latent content. So so I would say that like uh, just going back to Beauty and the Beast, uh, LeFou and Gaston, that's kind of... Um, that's latent that I- yeah, that, that, that's something where, like, they're not explicitly saying that LeFou is in love with Gaston, but... They're also like- not explicitly yeah. saying that if Gaston, Gaston ever gets bored enough or drunk enough that he might be like, hey, hey. That's true. I mean, I- and also Gaston, Gaston is very, uh, very into the way that he is perceived, so mm-hmm. definitely he wouldn't be, like, loud about being for example, bisexual, which, you know, hey, yeah. that, that's a possibility. Amen. Also, the actor playing Gaston is gay, too, which I thought was a... But that's a he nice is? Thing. Yes, Luke Evans, yeah. Oh, I love him so much! Yeah. Um, I mean, I love him for other reasons, but yes. fun fact. <laughs> so, since we're talking about queer coding, guess what happens to the witch at the end? She probably dies. Yeah, they kill her. They kill her, even though she's a witch. And it's supposed to be like this all-powerful being. She, being she kills, is killed by an arrow shot from a man. That makes sense. It, and even, even though allegedly she could, like, basically kill someone as soon as looking at them. But she just yeah. doesn't. But she doesn't. Because acceptance sense. is more important to her, even though these people are clearly not actually accepting her. 
And it's that's like, what I've heard from the movie. So the witch is talking to Mulan and she goes, your army has accepted you, even though they see you as a woman, they're never going to accept me. There's no place for me here. It's too late. Uh, what does that sound like to you? Like where, where would you find that narrative elsewhere? And then she dies. Like what kind of message yeah. is that sending to people? <sighs> okay. Li Shang in the 98 Mulan had a crush on Ping, Mulan's boy character, period. Like that's, he gave her bedroom yeah. eyes when she knocked him out as a man. So Li Shang is a bisexual icon or a bicon as I like to call them, or the internet <laughs> likes to call them. There's a part where the commander brings him in, him, Mulan. He's like, I know your secret. You have much more chi than everybody else. And she thinks he's going to be like, I know you're a woman. Yeah. Also, there's a part where the boyfriend character sees her in her binding. So there's like, there's an idea that he might know that she's a lady already. Which kind of sucks. And then he's like, I would like to offer up my daughter to you. As a like, I would like for her to marry you, and Mulan accepts. The she like gets down on her knee. Yeah, she's like, I would love to marry your daughter. I'm so excited. Like, blah blah blah. No, she's not. Like, why would you put that in that movie? That was so unnecessary. <laughs> so in the first, in the '98 Mulan, she sings a song called "Reflection," which makes me cry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the lyrics say stuff like. Now I see if I were truly to be myself, I would break my family's heart. Somehow I cannot hide who I am, though I've tried. And it's and she's singing this as a lady. And then we watch the movie and we see someone asking when they'll be able to fully be themselves before going off and dressing as the opposite gender, but finding love and acceptance. You want to talk about queer coding? That's what that is. That's why this movie resonates. That's why it's so important. Like everybody, and then when she was like, "I'm actually a woman," everybody was like, "Oh, that's fine. We still love you. Like everything's okay." Oh, and then she goes back to her dad, and she gives him all these war gifts, and she's like, "These are to honor the Fa family." And he throws them to the sides and like picks her up, and it's like the greatest gift and honor is having you as a daughter, and it's like. Her parents accept her for being a lady. The army accepts her be- being a lady. And it's like. I, yeah. Oh, there's some thunder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mulan is speaking. <laughs> and and then later in the movie, whenever she's been like outcast by the army because they discovered she was a woman and she had just saved Lee Shang's life, you know, with the horse on a rope. And he doesn't kill her because he goes, a life for a life, my debt is repaid. The only reason he didn't kill her was because he had a crush on Ping. And then also because she had just saved his life. So he was like, okay, we're even now. It's fine. I'm not going to kill you. And she's talking to Mushu about how I never should have left home. I'm not even sure why I left. I was maybe so when I looked in the mirror, I'd see something worthwhile. But I was wrong. I see nothing. And it's just like, oh. <gasps> like if you're watching this as a queer person like there's probably so much that resonates with this movie and you and like acceptance and like being who you are it resonated with me because I was also a wild card child I was very energetic I had a lot of things to say I was always running off I was trying to do more than I was probably capable of but like in my little kid brain I was like I can do that it's fine and then most of the times I would prove myself right so I was like I'm invincible like who's gonna stop me 
that was in trouble for doing stuff like that. So I just, the 2020 Mulan could have done better in a lot of ways. Culturally, narratively, filmmaking wise. And then the lead is an American F like police brutality supporter. Which really sucks. That's what a lot of the protests were about. And then the other thing, they talk about more in this article, but they, so her dad's sword has signals on it that say loyal, brave, and true, which are all synonyms for the FBI motto, which is like, she talks about it in the article where she's like, this is literally the FBI motto. Oh, Loyal, brave, and true versus fidelity, bravery, and integrity. Like, those are all yeah. the same things. Ugh. There there was one thing from the that I really liked in the 98 version that the 2020 apparently lacks. Um, I actually haven't seen the 2020 version all the way through because I, uh, my husband and I were watching it and we just kind of stopped because it wasn't interesting and it just didn't... No didn't seem like it was going to get there uh unfortunately but there was the the thing that i was thinking about uh that seems to hold up from everything you've said and everything i've read about it is that the the aspect of teamwork uh with the other with the, the guys that she was training with just really wasn't there in the new one whereas in the 98 version they were all kind of like they learned they, they got better because they learned how to work as a team and play to their strengths. Like, yeah. and you can see them helping each other out in various ways. And like, you know, like the one who's like a big giant, who's bigger than everyone else, you know, will occasionally like use his st- physical strengths to help out with stuff. And Mulan will use her intelligence to help everyone along. Like all that kind of stuff comes together and they mm-hmm. function as a unit, which is right. very important it was very like and probably like would be really formative for you especially if you didn't feel like you could do it when you're going into this new situation you know having these these people who suddenly become your family and friends is a big deal so and they took out all the songs which means they were sprinkled like dialogue songs became dialogue which when you're seeing a bunch of cartoons singing about a girl worth fighting for, it's like very silly. And they're like walking and like the one guy acts like he has muscles and you figure out it's water. There's a your mom joke in there. Like it's hilarious. It's all funny. Yeah. And we see Mulan being like, how about a girl who's got a brain who always speaks her mind? And they're all like, nah. And then they keep singing. And that's just dialogue, which doesn't really translate. It's just like a bunch of guys being creepy. One's like, I don't care what she looks like so long as she cooks good. And they're like, I want a girl who's like very pretty and demure and quiet. <laughs> the yeah. the, not the like thunder was not behind that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's it's It does not translate. Because then it's just guys being creepy. Also... She talks about this in the article too, but I agreed with what she said where, so they're singing this song and it's building and building and building, you know, it's going to end soon. And then it cuts off because you see a decimated village that's on fire and they're walking through and Li Shang is like search for survivors. Then all of a sudden we take this like very tonal shift and you're like, Oh shit, we're in the middle of a war. Like this is very serious. Mulan picks up a little girl's toy and it's like, Oh, this girl is dead. We don't have that. Uh, yeah, kind of I, I remember rest. watching that in theaters when I was ten years old. 
it's terrifying and then you come up over a hill and you just see like a sea and they're all kind of spread out but it's all these dead soldiers which i didn't really get that when i was little it just kind of looked like people but i as i got older i'm like oh my god they're all dead and then one of the soldiers comes up and says the general and it's lee shang's dad who he was supposed to meet there didn't make it and there's this whole scene where like he puts a sword in the snow he puts the helmet on top of it mulan is like i'm so sorry she puts a little girl's doll on it and that they leave because they have to go find the hunt so that this doesn't keep happening. Can you hear the rain outside? No, I can hear okay, the good. thunder, but not the rain. Yeah. Rain is very loud. And there's no little girl's toy. There's nothing. There's just a pile of dead bodies, which they were human bodies and it didn't resonate the same way that the animated one did. And there wasn't that like cut yeah, off, you, that like tonal like, shift that they had. It, you need those bits of, um, yeah, the, like the, the bits of the life that people had to yeah. sort of show what the loss is. That That's There's actually, saying. so this is like, this is not a Disney movie, but it made me think of it. It's actually, well, it's a book and a movie, um, mm-hmm. The Shipping News, which uh, is starring Kevin Spacey, which unfortunately that doesn't age well, but Judy Dench is also in it. So there's that. I love Judy uh, Dench. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, uh, they're they're uh, talking about how this this guy is going to get a job doing uh, stories about car crashes because that's what one of the things that the paper sells for. You know, it's really popular, and so they're like, make sure you get a picture of like if there's a boot that's like rolled to the side or like what a, like some little personal thing here and there. And like it was interesting when I was reading the book and then watching the movie, I was like. Yeah, actually, that's way more affecting than seeing a dead body is seeing like what they left behind. And so the little girl's doll in the cartoon is much more symbolic of the loss, I think, than just seeing all of the bodies. Right. And it's like, if all the soldiers are dead, what happened to the villagers? Like, you you, you, there's so much better storytelling in what they're not showing you and what they're not saying. Because you're making those like, oh, shit, where's the little girl now? And with this one, it was just like, the villagers like didn't exist. There was nobody outside of the army and like Mulan and her family. Which then, like I said, you're not getting the full scope of this war and what's happening with it. Yeah, because war isn't just affecting the people who are actually fighting it. Um, Right, right. Yeah. So that's Mulan. I didn't know I was going to make a whole episode about this, but then I texted Rosie and I was like, I need to talk about this, please. (laughs) Um, So don't watch the new one. Just don't watch it. And then the old one again, the 2020 Mulan was whenever Disney plus brought in the premier access option because the pandemic was still going on. Before that, they released Onward, which was supposed to come out in theaters, like, the week of the pandemic. They're like, we're putting Onward on Disney+, Plus because, like, the whole world is in shambles. And then they put Hamilton on there, and then they put Frozen 2 on there, like, three months before it was supposed to go on. And then they were like, mm, you know what? We're not going to be nice anymore. <laughs> and they're like, you we're have to charge you, you to $30. Yeah. You know, you can't go to theaters, and, like, movies are the only thing that are keeping everybody together right now. We're going to charge you. <laughs> Yeah, and that early access thing, like, it ends up costing more than it would to, like, if, if it's just, like, a couple watching it or, like, a few people, right? you could go to the movies for less than that. So I feel like they should at least take that into account. Like, right, but it was on the movies. 
Yeah. Yeah. Griffin's coming home in about a week and a half. And I can't go on the internet because we're going to go see Black Widow in theaters. And I'm so excited. But I can't go look at spoilers or anything. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about going to see Black Widow. I mean, I've seen like criticism for it and stuff too. But I'm like, I'd still want to see it. I'll go with you when you come down. Rosie's coming down to see me very soon in like a month. Yes, I am. So maybe we'll do a podcast episode in real life, which will be crazy. Like in the same room. That would be the first time because we started doing this from afar. So Uh be insane. Uh huh. We'd have to figure out how to do it without (laughs) having to film it. (laughs) Just be in like different rooms. (laughs) Probably just gonna be like a really big voice memo. Okay. So if you're thinking about watching the new Mulan, just go watch the original one. And also go watch Avatar, Crazy Rich Asians, Fresh Off the Boat, an Ali Wong special. Literally, go support Asian filmmakers in any other way except for watching this movie. Yeah, and go to our website where we'll post the uh, the video and the article that we mentioned um, so that you can hear from an actual Chinese person about the cultural issues that are present in Mulan 2020 because we've we touched on some of them, but as we've said, it's not our area and we are not Chinese, so it makes more sense to yeah. point you in her direction. Right. Uh, before. Before we go, I do want to mention our Patreon uh, at www.patreon.com slash a vague knowledge of everything. You can support us there if you would like to. Uh, there are rungs as low as $3 and starting in the next couple of weeks, uh, the $5 and upward rungs should have some Patreon only episodes available. So, Do you have a Gen Z for this week? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I'm just going to shout out the lady who wrote that article, Miss Zhao, because uh, she broke it down in a, she broke a lot of it down in accessible ways, like where yeah. if you're not Chinese, you're able to understand why this is all a problem. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to give a shout out to Ming-Na Wen, who is the voice of the original Mulan and completed the she was in Mulan, and then she was in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then she was in The Mandalorian. So she completed the Disney trifecta. <laughs> oh, wow. And I love her. And they did her dirty in the 2020 Mulan, where apparently they took, put her in bad makeup and an ugly dress at the very end and had her introduce the other Mulan. It's like, no, you're Mulan. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Why they do you dirty like this? That's my shout-out. Well, all right. All right. Well, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And if there's any other movies you want us to talk about, do do let us know. Oh, yeah. I am Rosie and facts matter. I'm Hope. And now that you know better, be better. Don't watch 2020 Mulan. Bye.